Hello, hello, welcome back. It's Leading Woman in Tech, and I'm your host, Tony Collis, back for the third and final part of being the only woman in the room. So over the last two weeks, you have heard from me and Mika Gobig, and then last week from a series of panelists coming on. This is a recording of a LinkedIn Live series that I did earlier in the year with Mika on a topic that's very dear to both of our hearts, being the only woman in the room, what that feels like. And today we're talking about the upside of being the only woman in the room, because there is in fact an upside. You get to choose your connections. You get to work with the fact that you've been underestimated and use that to your favor. And you have a unique perspective as well. So I want to talk through this with you. Mika and I are so passionate about this topic. So without further ado, let's give you the third and final part, the upside of being the only woman in the room with my dear friend, Mika Gobig. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Hey, welcome to part three of our LinkedIn Live series special on being the only woman in the room. I am your co-host, Tony Collis, executive coach for Women in Tech on a mission to change the face of technology leadership, one woman in leadership at a time. I am joined today by the fabulous Mika Govig, uh, fellow coach. Do you want to introduce yourself, Mika? Thanks, Tony. I am so excited for this third part of the series. I'm Mika Govig. Uh, I help women in tech and in other male-dominated industries lead with confidence. So I write, I coach, mm. I speak on these topics. And my background is uh, in uh, the car industry, so that's more the old tech. But I'm in Seattle now, and so that's why I primarily work with clients in uh, big tech now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we share a mission, is- right? Right. We share a mission. We absolutely want to see more women in power positions. Like fifty-one percent is the number. Uh, I guess fifty-one. Yeah. Well, fifty-one percent of the human race is women. So yeah, it's about time. I mean, I've always thought if we can get above forty percent, we start breaking down those stereotypes. Or oh, the stereotype research says once you get around forty percent and above, you yeah. can start counteracting the stereotypes. I mean, we all know there are still stereotypes. There are stereotypes about white men in tech, <laughs> right? Uh, but we can really start changing the conversation and have it being more productive. So, yeah, fortunately, I mean, if we could get to 51%, that would be astonishingly wonderful for the human race. Yeah. Um, I, too, am super excited about today. Today was the session of the three parts that we've done that I wanted to get to. We started off in part one talking about the challenge of being the only woman in the room, which is a really, really important conversation for us to have. And I'm glad we had it, but it can be very easy to not see opportunities and to only focus on the negatives when we focus on the negatives. And if we're going to change anything, we have to see the opportunity. And that's really what today is about. We had an amazing discussion last week with 
four incredible women leaders in technology. And we started to touch on what we're talking about today, which is... If you haven't seen it yet, go back and check it out. Yes. I'm pinned on Tony's profile. I think it's pinned on my profile as well, because that was amazing. We had great panels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Go and check that one out. But we really only scratched the surface on how you can love being the only woman in the room. Now, that's a very strong statement, and we deliberately chose that to push a few buttons. Um, Some of you may well find that very triggering. Indeed, we're going to dive straight on in in just a moment to the poll. And some of the comments we had around the poll we asked, um, we clearly triggered people by asking, is there a positive side to being the only woman in the room? And fair enough. For many of us, we've had a lot of bad experiences of being the only woman in the room. And so it can be very triggering to say, you can love being the only woman in the room. And I think part of what we want to get to today is that there are the occasional silver linings. That is not an excuse for the status quo. Absolutely not. But if we are going to change the world of technology, if we're going to get more women out there changing the status quo, improving technology, making the human race flourish because of the tech we're creating, we have to see those opportunities. We have to see those silver linings and then improve on them. Uh, So this discussion today may well be quite triggering for you if you're listening to this, but we hope you come away with it with some optimism for change rather than saying it's all good and sunshine and rainbows because it's not. We're not saying that. We're saying there's optimism and we can do something better. Vika, uh, before I dive into the poll, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think I think you you just covered the main point. This is not that we consider being the only woman in the room an ideal scenario. But mm-hmm. most, quite honestly, most of you, to be fair, uh, if you are under 80, uh, you will probably have a couple of decades of still struggling with this underrepresentation yeah. issue. Huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you are eight years old, you might still be facing that. But probably you're not watching yet. If you, I mean, only maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we have to be on the one end realistic that these issues mm-hmm. that we're seeing are not going away or resolving themselves within like uh, a snip of a finger. So, but on the other hand, we can make it better. As long as we have that situation, we can already uh, work on our mindsets and apply a couple of t- tips and tricks and, and connect to others that will make the situation better until we are at the at least 40%, uh, hopefully yeah. on the way to the 51. Absolutely, 100%. I, we're both on a mission to change this. So if you have a question, comment, concern, feel free to reach out to either of us, comment below this video or just send us a DM. The pair of us pretty much always respond to every DM. Like it might take us a while sometimes if they get buried, but we that's part of what we do. Um, let's start with the poll that we put out over the last week or so. We asked, both Nika and I asked our audiences on LinkedIn, is there a positive side to being the only woman in the room? And I think um, we only had what we assume, which is you know our assumptions I know, but uh, it looked like only women responding to that question is that correct from your point of view Mika mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah the, we had a lot more responses and a lot more actual feedback on the yes. challenges and yes. uh, <laughs> which we're gonna get to in just a moment I don't want us to get ahead of that but I yeah. just wanted to sound check like we do think one, yeah. it was 
it was women, as far as we're can, you know, our assumptions, which we know we are limited in that, um, responding to this question. We did not ask people their gender. I think that's a really important point to get across here. Um, obviously, small sample size again, right? As we keep saying, this is us just testing the water here, not a big sample size. We had 68% said yes, positive side to being the only woman in the room. 27% no, 3% maybe. Were you surprised by that result, Mika? A little, a little. Um, on the one hand, I'm happy that the no is not higher, but we're yeah, still talking about more than one in four women mm -hmm. who say, no, there's no upside. That that sucks. Mm -hmm. And that's still Which, a lot. Right? That's a it lot. is. And, and I think one of the reasons why we need to have this conversation today is because I, I think that was my reality until not that long ago, actually. Um, my reality was there is no upside, like it's just mm -hmm. all bad. I think what I, I was kind of surprised that we had so many people saying it's positive. I was pleasantly surprised because I yeah. know through the work I now do that we need to see the upside to take the opportunity to create that change, right? We need to right. see these opportunities uh, just to make it easier for every woman coming along behind us, if nothing else. So I, I was pleasantly surprised, but I, I was expecting the nose to be higher which I think was it was interesting, the comments that we got, so some of them reflected that. So the first comment I want to chat about was actually um, possibly the most surprising to me. The comment, I'm not gonna name the name, obviously if you go to my profile, you can see the comment yourself. But this, this one lady responded with, there's a lot to unpack about the fact that 64% of the respondents like being the only woman in the room and none of it is good. It's hard work unpacking the, she then quotes, I'm not like the other girls, internalized misogyny that so many of us experience. I can tell you it's 100% worth doing that work. As far as I'm concerned, the only advantage of being the only woman in the room or on a team is no lines at the bathroom. And I, I get this one because I used to feel that way. I was like, the only good thing is when I go to a conference, I don't have to queue for the bathroom. Yep. And it was when I went to my first women in tech conference, I was like, wow, men have to queue too, don't they? This is what it's like. I, <laughs> I, I remember that conversation when I shared an office with like nine guys. I was the only woman. And uh, we shared the bathrooms with an office next door, but it, mm -hmm. they had a similar ratio. And the guys started to to use the women's bathroom. But I'm like, mm -hmm. no way. You use mm -hmm. your bathroom. This is the only <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. but and obviously I, now we're going to gender neutral bathrooms. That that particular benefit's going away anyway, right? Um, right, right. But, which which I which I support. So it's not that yeah. I want gendered bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as long as they existed, <laughs> so I understand the frustration that I hear in that comment. Um, yes, I absolutely hear that because it is very hard to to see uh the the light the silver lining um also though i want to say i think a lot of women who responded yes there is a silver lining did not mean i love being the only woman in the room as in i want to stay the only woman i think mm -hmm. i think people are just trying i mean I can't speak for all of those those women who answered the poll because I don't know them all. But I feel that uh, from the conversations I'm having, uh, the majority says, well, at least 
we're starting. So I'm there mm-hmm. already. And though it's still not great for me, at least I'm already there. And I'm learning to really own it and can send the elevator back down, can open the door, those things. I think there's less, very little actually in my conversations, but uh, very little of the, I think I called it the Margaret Thatcher approach yesterday when we talked about this. It's me, sorry about that. But uh, (laughs) a queen bee attitude, I'm seeing that very little. Yeah, I think the queen bee, I think, is thankfully dying out. I've seen it in my career and I'm not that old. I keep saying that. I think when I'm 90, I'll still be saying I'm not that old. (laughs) Um, But I certainly think I saw the queen bee, you know, that woman at the top who slams the door shut and the women become behind her because there's not enough room at the top. I'm seeing that less now than I did at the beginning of my career. And I'm very grateful for Mm -hmm. that. I think I think the other thing with this is when that whole thing of I'm not like other girls I think this is very much I don't even fit in with the women in tech and I I think that is a heartbreaking place to be in and I felt like that for a very long time I know many of my clients that I work with many of the women I've just had conversations with have felt that I think part of what we need to do is realize that not all women are alike and just because there's only a handful of us doesn't mean you have to be like all the other women in the room, the very few that there are. In the same way, you know, I'm married to a man in tech, a white man in tech, and yet he's not friends with every white man in tech. (laughs) And I think part of this is recognizing it's okay to not want to be in that particular crowd. What I would argue is if we can build our communities, and that's something I'm very passionate about, it's something I've done consistently throughout my career, first in my work building women in high-performance computing, now building my own community through leading women in tech. I want women to meet other women. You don't have to be friends with them all, but you have to realize there probably is another woman out there like you in tech that can you get that isn't that you have to be like all the other women. But do you think that's an important part of getting comfortable with being the only woman in the room right right uh what that actually reminds me of when i when i thought about that and thought it was like it's similar to becoming an immigrant or an expat so especially with an accent and people ask where are you from the first thing that happens is like in my case i'm german oh i know a german and suddenly Mm. you're, you're being served another person Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. I mean, I just don't want to be friends with people just because they come from the same country. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's even more the case with, with larger countries, but still. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a weird thing. and uh, But, of course, there is still an aspect where sharing a certain experience is an int- makes for an interesting conversation. So mm-hmm. I actually do have very few German friends in Seattle. Very few. I, I, I know a couple. I used to have more, but uh, there is a certain aspect of that shared experience or missing the same things. It gets less and less over time, but I think that is a very, a very comparable situation. I don't have to be mm-hmm. friends with them to have that conversation or to just say, uh, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm not weird. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that is very comparable. And as you get more comfortable, it's easier to to be selective and say, yeah, maybe I'm a little different, but I'll just I'll just find my group of people. Right? Yeah. We had that, that last week in the in the panel discussion that finding your tribe is it just takes time when your options are <laughs> seem very limited in the beginning. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, let's shift gear because we do want to talk about loving, even if that's a bit triggering to you, at least seeing the opportunities of being the only woman in the room. Um, So the first one that we want to discuss today is what happens and why it's an opportunity when we are underestimated. In particular, the fact that if we're underestimated, we can surprise and even maybe wow people. Um, Let's dig into this a little bit, Mika. What would you say are the pros and cons of being underestimated as a woman in tech who's not expected to achieve very much. That's very stereotypical. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the pro is that uh, when you show what you can do, you can just leave others in the dust and really, really take over. But so I get that. And that is cool. I personally have to say, for me, that's a tricky one because maybe I just have too big an ego. Uh, <laughs> personally, I, I get resentful when I'm underestimated. It's like, why would you? Uh, so this, but again, this is different for different people. And there is the advantage of being able to wow and surprise people. Mm-hmm. And if you do that a little strategically in the right meeting, when you have the right people on the Zoom call or at the table, it mm-hmm. is a major lever you can pull. Yes. What, what do you think? I, I was going to say, I think my focus is on, you do, it is tricky to get this right, but it is a major lever because if you can get out of the mindset of being frustrated and angry, which <laughs> was definitely me for a very long time, if you can get out of that mindset of just focusing on like, oh, how dare they underestimate me and being mm-hmm. frustrated. And that is hard. And I, that's still a work in progress for me. So I am not belittling anybody who struggles with that one. It is so frustrating. But when you then surprise them with what you're doing, you get noticed and you get noticed for the good reasons. Whereas a lot of the time as women in tech, we get noticed for the bad reasons. We are different. We dress differently. We say no to making the coffee or we get noticed because we're Hopefully a woman. We say no. Hopefully, Hopefully we say no. Hopefully but, you know, that, or meeting and, and minutes yes. taking. Oh. But we get noticed for the wrong reasons a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And this is a way to break that barrier down. This is the opportunity, the silver lining that we can see. If we can surprise and delight them because we're better than they expected, we start tackling that stereotype right there. It also, when I've worked with people to help them see those opportunities to show people that are underestimating them, what they can actually do when you do that right. And there's a lot of subtlety and practice that goes into that because sometimes people get threatened by this. And so you need to understand the people around you and have this in such a way that they are surprised. And if they are threatened, which sometimes you can't stop, but if they are threatened, you help them move through that quicker because you're breaking down their stereotypes, right? So of course they're gonna get threatened. Like stereotypes are like what we exist by, rightly or wrongly, it's a human condition. But when you do that, you aren't just going to break down stereotypes for every woman following you. 
you are breaking down the barriers, you're shattering that glass ceiling for yourself. This is an amazing opportunity. If you can see how to shift that gear from somebody underestimating you, if you can shift gear rather than be frustrated and angry, if you can channel that into, I'm going to shatter the glass ceiling Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make they're aware that I'm doing that and that they have my back. You can turn those people into your strongest allies. I have done that. I've had people holding me back, pushing me down, who've turned around, done a 180 and become my strongest, biggest advocates. Even though a few years before that, I was like, oh my goodness me, I have to meet with that person again. Mm-hmm. Loathed being in their company and they turn into my biggest advocates. It is yeah. such a powerful tool being, when we, I've, there are plenty of times when I haven't been able to do it. And I want to add one little thing. Because as I just said, I'm very resentful of people underestimating my ego gets in the way. But uh, what I try to compare it to is I'm left-handed. And that is one of that. That's a comparable thing again, because the majority of people is right-handed. So Mm -hmm. when you, when you play a sports or something, and you don't tell people before. Of course, if you're a woman, I mean, they see you're a woman. Uh, but even if you mention it, you surprise them. And that gives you, at a certain point, an advantage. And if we if we get out of that ego thing of being underestimated and compare it mm. more to being, I don't know, left-handed instead of right-handed in, let's say, tennis. Huh? It gives you an 100%. advantage. And I really love that analogy, actually, because being left-handed... I would certainly argue as a right-handed sister to a left-handed, I'm right-handed, my sister's left-handed. Um, it is hard in our modern society, certainly in the UK and in the US, I would argue it's very, it's, there's more challenges to us being left-handed. There is privilege if you're right-handed, which I know is not a word normally used with left and right-handed, but I do think there's privilege with being right-handed. Scissors work better for us, right? <laughs> but that silver lining of but I can be a little bit different I can hold my tennis racket in a surprising way mm-hmm. you can see that silver lining that opportunity you can blow them out of the water and um, I think that's a beautiful way to actually come to our next point actually about women think differently on mm-hmm. average there's always generalizations here two bell curves overlapping people everywhere on that spectrum but on average women do think differently they give a different perspective and that's that silver lining piece of you know if you've got a left if you're left-handed maybe you can do it a little bit differently what do you say to that one both of us had comments on you know women thinking differently diversity dividend those kinds of comments in in the in the poll so what are your thoughts on this one Mika? I think as far as I'm concerned that might even be the most important one yeah uh, if and that's of course the if if you learn to actually voice what you're thinking, because mm. it's so easy to get silenced by uh, like a majority way of tackling things. But I mean, when you look at, when you look at studies, especially on innovation, which is a topic uh, we both are highly mm. interested in, of course, working with women in tech, you see that in innovation, uh, the dissent, the, the, the other voices are so, so important. It's crucial that you say your piece. And I know that can be hard to learn, but this is your your way to change the world. 
and that mm -hmm. might sound that might sound too much but it's not this is actually what it is you say something and someone's like huh really wouldn't have thought of that and so on right and that gives someone else again because just because you might be the only woman doesn't mean you might be the only person who doesn't feel fully heard or belonging that gives someone else the chance to say oh i have a different take too and so yeah, that's, that's what we need in society and that's definitely what we need in corporate yeah i mean i mean i could do hours and hours talking about the benefits the diversity dividend to business uh, when you have more diversity, not just women, but all sorts of diversity, okay. diversity of experience, diversity of thought, diversity of race, um, religion, like whatever it is about our experience, our lived experience up until that point dictates how we think. Everything that's happened to us, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything shapes how we think. And so if everybody in the room is identical, white men, I keep picking on these white men, my poor husband, <laughs> but if everybody in the room is identical, they all think that they think similarly at best. And a lot of us also hire people that think like us. One of the things I do, even though I work primarily with women is when they're hiring, I really challenge them on hiring a mini me. I'm like, no, no, you need to hire somebody who thinks differently from you, who has ideally a different zone of genius to you as well, but definitely mm -hmm. thinks differently. And I think this is the key thing. 51% of the human race being massively underrepresented in tech, even more so in the boardroom, in leadership in the boardroom, means that we are massively limiting our ideas, our innovations. And as you highlighted there, it's not just our own ideas and innovations, it's giving permission to the other people in the room to share those, including the white men who just think a bit differently from the other white men in the room. And if I, can, if I can mm. give you an example here uh, from automotive, because that is something there was for for decades. It, it became kind of a running joke, but it's not funny. There was a thing where the luxury car makers were not willing to really look into cup holders. Just oh, gosh. Yes. That's something for children's seat manufacturers. Now, that's a big, big deal uh, for mothers, but they weren't their main clients. Um, I don't have children, so that was not my big, big thing. But my big thing was I wear a size nine shoe uh, or like 39 in, in, in European sizes. I and I wore heels to my meetings. Mm -hmm. I cannot drive in those heels because otherwise I ruin them <laughs> and it's a little dangerous. That compartment under the driver's seat does not fit a size nine shoe. So I couldn't even put mm -hmm. like ballerinas in there. That drove me mad. And those are things that were resolved only as the share of women's voices became louder. Yes. That's exactly what we see in, 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 in computer applications in those things as well, right? Because this shapes our society. Yeah, 100%. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that one. I don't know if it was you or somebody else I know who works, who who has worked in the automotive industry. Apparently, the majority of car buying decisions are actually made by women. And I mean, I was surprised when I heard that. I don't know if it was you that told me that, but um, I was quite surprised when I heard that. But then I'm thinking to myself, 
The first thing I did when I set up a business without knowing anything about marketing or sales, the first thing I did was market research. Who is buying from me? If you don't know what your potential purchaser needs, like I want a cup holder. (laughs) (laughs) You need those voices in the room at every level. I I think that's really important. Um, I want to ask you, Mika, this one, we're talking more generally about benefit to business. What are the benefits to us as individuals of the fact that we think differently? I think it goes all the way back to the first point about being underestimated, maybe. Um, for the for the business or for the, yeah. Well, no, so with us thinking differently, what is the benefit to us as individuals rather than just to the business? When what is How can we leverage this as an individual? What is that benefit? I feel that every time you speak up in a situation where you are you feel like the odd one out you're growing and mm. that is amazing because the more often you tell your brain oh okay look look i did something that felt scary but i did it and i did not die i survived that mm. they were actually just colleagues and not hungry tigers out there um the moment you do it once you can do it again and again and this is how you how you open up more of the space mm-hmm. for others and for yourself, right? And this is this is how you grow and how you grow your perspectives too. Because uh, the more you speak up, you might get more more uh, more dissent from others who say like, "Ah, mm-hmm. no, that's not." So you start to stand up for what you really believe in too. Yeah. And learn that yeah. just because people disagree with you, uh, it has nothing to do with them liking you or not. And that's a, that yeah. it can be a good thing that it can. So that is, I think, a big one for women. This disagreeing as disliking. It's it's mm. less for me because that I, I think that German is such uh, Germany is such a descent forward culture. Uh, <laughs> Germans don't have that issue, but I see that in America a lot that that disagreement uh, is equaled with dislike, and mm. you can only overcome that by by disagreeing. Yeah, and I mean as a Brit, um, that's really hard. Like we don't like to disagree, right? There's a classic of like super polite to our to our hate to our enemies and super rude to our best friends in the UK and I certainly when I started working globally that was one of the hardest things for me to go overcome like like and I would be rude to my friends in like the US and they'd be like you're being rude to me I'm like I'm like that's fine I really like you (laughs) but (laughs) equally like um, that's that's always surprised me when people still don't get that about me but if you ever meet me and I'm rude to you it's because I want to give you a hug just saying um (laughs) but I think um we really do need to lean into the fact that if we think differently that is the opportunity right there it isn't just a benefit for our business it is the opportunity to showcase something better you then have to have the communication the influence the negotiation skills to make sure that your point is heard that's the hard bit whenever there's an opportunity and a silver lining there is there's quite often a bit of a barrier ahead of you, but you can learn those skills. They are totally learnable. They are not something you're born with. If you don't know how to negotiate, you don't know how to persuade that you'll never get anywhere. That is not true. They can be learned. What is harder is sharing your lived, changing your lived experience. 
mm-hmm. thinking differently because of your experience. We can do that too, but it's so much harder. Leverage the thing that's really, really hard, which is the fact that you're different and then learn the skills to make sure that's heard and it's going to do good things for the business. And when that happens, it's good for you. Um, I want to move on to the next question, which is uh, not the next question, the next benefit, which is you can ask different questions. Um, this one I think was given to us by somebody. I haven't actually got a note who gave this one to us, but I thought it was a really good point. Um, what is your take on this, Mika? You can ask different questions. Yeah, I think that ties right in with uh, having different life experiences. And uh, again, it just it just mm-hmm. opens up uh, the space of innovation, the, the, the perspective. And uh, just by asking different questions, you, whatever your project is in, is on, mm-hmm. uh, there is a new level of depth to it. Yes. And again... It's encouraging for everybody else who might not be, oh God, now we would, the, 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 the white dude on the team. <laughs> now we're doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> the other non-rows yeah. of the team. Right? Because they yes. might have different questions as well. Yeah, so, me, so this just go hand in hand with having to deal with the fact that we're going to be judged. And I think part of what holds us back from asking those questions is that we are going to be judged. We're going to be judged for being stupid, for being uh, blonde, um, whatever it is. There is some judgment. But at the same time, the judgment is different and we can actually change. We can ask questions that other people are even more afraid of asking and actually they need to be asked. And again, it all then comes down to your communication. How do you move forwards from that? Um, I really want to move on. We've got two other questions I really want to get to, and we are running out of time. Questions, comments. Um, the first is being the visual catalyst to change the face of leadership. I love this one. Being that catalyst, being the person that is demonstrating the way. Would you say that is a benefit to being the only woman in the room, or is it only a benefit to the other women in the room? It, it is definitely a larger benefit to the women behind you. Uh, yes. But uh, I think it wasn't in our panel discussion, but it was in a conversation I've had with one of our panelists uh, about uh, shocking people, um, about being a not very tall Asian woman with blue hair and running <laughs> yes. apartment. And uh, people were like, they just had no mm. idea how to place her. And that gave her an advantage. It was less about underestimating, but it was about who is this person? Put, you can't put people in the boxes easily, yeah. right? If you yeah. are making, we, we all do this. We all look at people. Every single human on this planet does this. It's a survival mechanism. So right. don't think you're any different. Right. Some of us are better at recognizing it than others, which is what we can work on. But we all see everybody we meet and we put them in a box. Everybody. Right. If the box doesn't quite fit or your brain's going, oh, that's not quite right, you actually pay more attention. That's that whole yeah. thinking fast and thinking slow. When the box fits, when we know exactly what we do, because we've seen that a hundred times before, we think fast, we don't give it any more thought. When something's not and, quite and right. When we bias kicks in, right? And yes, absolutely. you hear what you expect mm. to hear from this yeah. type of person. Yeah. When that box doesn't fit for whatever reason, Whatever the reason, it can be tiny. Something is different about you. 
it makes people slow down. It makes people consider. It makes people just, oh gosh, this doesn't, this isn't what I'm thinking. Now, from a psychology point of view, that's very unsettling for the people around you. When you, um, if you were a public speaking, you do things in that situation, you unsettle your audience and then you bring them back down again to make them have that change. We need to do that as individuals in the workplace. We, if they get unsettled, we can bring them back down again. And when we do that, we can make them see us in a different light and we can do extraordinary things as a result, right? Would you agree with everything I just said? I just took over there. <laughs> wow, no, 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 no. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I really love that phrase, the visual catalyst, because yes. obviously people are going to see it, right? It's a little different, like being the left-hander example I'm, I mm. used in the beginning. You can surprise people by being a left-hander. Um, yes. for a moment right you can you can have the moment of surprise uh you have that moment of surprise maybe entering a room as a woman but after that i mean obviously people can see certain things about you huh? yeah um, yeah so that's different but it's really if it's unsettling it's yeah it it is an opening yeah really um it, it is a huge opening which actually brings me to the final point of discussion today before we wrap up, which is one of these ones where I think it would be very easy to make this sound negative. It's one of these ones where there's a fine edge to see the optimism. And again, this is about seeing the opportunity, the optimism to do something differently um, without blaming yourself or anybody. Here's the thing that I say to every woman I work with. As women, we are held to a different standard, an unfair standard. Men have this entire football field to play on they can mess around on there they can do all these things there's a lot of forgiveness women we have a knife edge to navigate we are held to a higher and different standard the silver lining that silver lining is the fact that because we're held to that higher standard which is wrong I mean, i'm not saying it's not wrong it is wrong but we are extraordinary when we do succeed because we have to be the real change I'm seeing is one, women are, it, it breaks my heart, we have to figure this out. But when we do, we achieve more. And as a result, this is the real silver lining for society. I think as women, we are pushing the standards higher. I think one of the things we saw, for example, during COVID is on average, female leaders around the world had fewer deaths than male mm -hmm. leaders countries women are setting a higher standard because we're held to a higher standard in order to get to the same position. And I think that's just a good thing for the human race. Whether you're talking about profit or deaths, it is just a good thing. Um, that's my take on this one. We are shifting to a higher standard because we are women. What would you, what would you say to all that, Mika? Because I've just preached one of my, one of my things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that we frame because it is so unfair and it is infuriating and mm. uh, it just should not be that way that women yeah. have to work harder and are held to higher standards and uh, are just giving a much smaller lane for their development. But uh, so I love the reframe that it does change the standard for all. Uh, I, I would say with the caveat that often if, the women who have uh, shown up that way get into leadership positions. Yes. 
because if 100%. they don't, then you have that backlash of, okay, it's all not worth it and frustrating. So that is the thing, right? You, you might still need, um, not might, pretty sure. You still need allies, you need supporters, you need sponsors to make sure that your hard work pays off by raising a general standard. And it might be, you might be wondering which standard and it mm. might it might just actually be the professional standard in what you do, but it might also be the standard for inclusivity, for empathy. Yeah. How you lead. Mm. Right? And that is huge. I, I mean, This to me is really underpins everything we're talking about, about the upside, how you can love being the only one in the room. If you can lean into the fact that you're going to not just be that visual catalyst you're not just going to see things differently but ultimately because of the way you act you think you experience the fact that you are held to a higher standard the fact you're going to leave not just your workplace not just your family not just technology but the entire human race you are in your own small little way you could leave the human race in a better place than you found it if we could all lean into that I think that can do amazing things. I, I really do. And I think it can help us deal with all the negatives. I really want to swear right now, but all the, all the bad stuff that gets thrown at us unfairly along the way. Yeah. If we can lean into, but I'm going to do this anyway. I am yeah. going to see the opportunity. I am going to grab onto it with two hands and I'm going to do it anyway. I think that can be a, a beautiful thing. Um. I know that we need to wrap up, but I want to put a call out to, well, we both want to put a call out to anybody who has watched this live, watched in the replay. First of all, send us your questions, put them in the comments below right now. Uh, if you're watching replay um, or send us a DM if you prefer. But if this whole series, just today, one part of the series has called to you in some way, we want to hear from you. We want to understand this more fully. We want to have a conversation fit for the 21st century, for the 2020s of the 21st century about being the only woman in the room. We, our experience over the last three weeks has shown us that the conversation has shifted from even just a few years ago, pre-COVID, this conversation would have been very, very different. Yeah. And I think somebody needs to be looking at this from the point of view of women in tech. So we want to hear from you. If this is called to you, we want to hear your experiences. We want to hear your positives, your negatives. We've made this super simple. There is a very short questionnaire. Um, it's a bitly link, which I will say in a minute, and we'll also pop it in the comments. Um, but we've got a very short questionnaire for you to fill in to just tell us your experience. You can either share your name and your email address so we can contact you, or you can just leave anonymous comments. Our goal here is genuinely to understand where we are right now in 2022 and beyond and to help change the face of technology. Um, the link is bit.ly forward slash only woman questionnaire. I will put that link in the notes in the in the comments once we've finished. Um, Mika, what are you hoping to get from, from this when we get some insights from our communities? What are you hoping to see or understand better? I really, I really am interested and I'm excited to read more mm -hmm. because uh, we can only generalize. And yeah. I think we've done a pretty good job, but there's still 
there's still so much to explore. We could talk hours and hours. And uh, if you deliver more talking points to us, we can talk more about it and we can talk to you and with you. And, um, you know, there is so much there to unpack. And mm -hmm. uh, with a limited scope, it's, it's always hard to, to, to gauge really where people stand. And that is super interesting just to widen the scope here. And, you know, very often people need to hear things several times and sometimes you just hear it in these words or from that person. And I feel there's a lot more that can be done. And I'm very excited mm -hmm. to, to see what's happening next with this topic. Uh, in this in this small group, but also, of course, beyond. And I just wanted to add one more time, if you have like three people on your, three women on your team, and you feel like, oh, I'm not the only woman. We don't, we don't see that term as too restrictive. No? So you can yes. tell us about your present experience. You can tell us about past experiences. Uh, maybe you're not the only woman on your team in a project. Maybe there are a few others. Maybe you're a women leader to a primarily male team. It is up to you. We are definitely mm -hmm. interested hearing from you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Mika, have you any final thoughts you want to share today before we wrap up? Actually, I, I'm just, at, at this point, I'm just like, okay, the next thoughts are up to whoever wants to talk to us. We have given you our starting point, the challenges, uh, the silver linings. We have given you a couple of amazing women with their takes on the topic, like just like mm -hmm. only scratching the surface. But now it's really, it's really to widen the discussion and include more people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I am going to leave us with one other little thing because I want to make sure that everybody, even if you never engage with us ever again, I want everybody who walks away from this, whether you are a woman in tech, uh, you identify as a woman in tech, or you are an ally of women in tech. I want you to walk away with remembering that you don't have to live in a box. You get to shatter the box. You don't just get to shatter the glass ceiling, you get to shatter the box that you're in. So whatever else you do going forward from here, shatter the box, see the opportunities, grab onto them with both hands, as my father would say, um, at least hold on with all your might, because you can do anything if you aren't scared of your own ambition. I think that is one of the key takeaways I want everybody to take from this three-part series. Wow. All right. Thank you everybody for listening to this please please go and fill in that questionnaire bit.ly forward slash only woman questionnaire uh, we want to hear from you um, and we hope that we have inspired you in some way to looking at things a little bit differently um, and hopefully seeing the positives of being the only woman in the room thanks very much Thank bye you. for now everybody If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.